Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Has anybody or is anybody going to get around to pulling the Phillies off the D-backs? Somebody should. And while they're at it, somebody should pull Kyle Schwarber off of Merrill Kelly. And really, somebody ought to just pull the Phillies and the Rangers off of the MLB postseason altogether. Because the Phillies and the Rangers are completely wrecking the postseason with their straight-up dominance. Seriously. I mean, we wait for like, what, 10 years every regular season for the playoffs to start? I mean, it feels like 10 years. And then when the playoffs finally do start, do they actually even start when you've got two teams, they're wrecking shop and running through everybody? Is it really the playoffs if two teams dominate and everybody else shows up just in time to get their asses beat? Because these games aren't even close. These games are barely even competitive. And Philly fan, sorry I didn't lead with you. I probably could have. As if rabid Philly fan, who was already frothing at the mouth, needed to see this last night. They were already out of their minds. The last thing Philly fan needed was a 10-0 throttling. Forget the light poles. They're so geeked with this team right now, they're going to have to Crisco the entire state of Pennsylvania. If these dudes keep going like they're going, there's going to be a horse pie shortage in the entire mid-Atlantic region. You will not be able to find a horse pie sando for hundreds of miles. Not that I'm blaming Philly fan at all for being hyped. Man, this team is incredible. The Phillies are incredible. Their brand of baseball is incredible. And it's infectious because their brand of baseball is sending laser shot after laser shot into the orbit. These dudes have pumped out 16 bombs in their last five games. And if it sounds like a lot, it's because it's absolutely a lot. In fact, it's more than any team over a five-game stretch in the postseason ever. So we're talking historically great. The thing about it is, it's not supposed to be easy, right? Like I thought baseball was supposed to be the hardest game in the world. Putting a bat on a ball is supposed to be the hardest thing in the world or the hardest thing in sports. It's not supposed to be easy at all, at all. But the Phillies are making this look really damn easy. They're making bludgeoning teams into submission look really easy. Even the biggest Philly haters have to admit that what this team is doing right now is incredible. And even if you can't get with Philly fan, you have to admit the fan base is incredible, which is why you knew they were going to let my dude Merrill Kelly have it. Why is he my dude? He's a fellow 10-14er. We stick together. The club. The club of 10-14s. October 14. So, like, I so badly want to have this guy's back because he's part of the fam. But my guy should have known better. He should have known better than to say anything at all about Philly fan. He should have known better than to say anything at all about Philly fan atmosphere, let alone Philly fan atmosphere compared to the WBC of all things. Let me just go full stop right there. Never, ever compare Philly fan to anything or anybody or any event. Most of all, do not compare that environment or atmosphere to the WBC. Because to Philly fan, comparing the so-called bedlam at the bank to anything that happened at the WBC is essentially a reason to go. That's basically fighting words to fighting Phil's fan. And I think we know they can go from zero to the hands in about one second flat. So, I mean... Why not just flip them off, spit in their face, insult their wives? After the game last night, Kelly said that his comments were taken out of context. Uh, uh Right, of course. Of course they were, dude. You're talking about Philly fan here. These people celebrate their happiest moments by climbing light poles, 
eating horse crap and hammer tossing empty vodka bottles at each other and whipping batteries around. These are the last people that are going to examine your comments about their ballpark atmosphere for proper context. However, to be fair to my fellow 10-14er, here is what Merrill Kelly actually said going into the game last night. Going into the WBC game, um, yeah, I think that I haven't obviously heard this place on the field. Um, but I'd be very surprised if it if it trumped that Venezuela game um, down in Miami. Uh, and Trey hit that grand slam. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced, uh, at least baseball-wise, I don't think I've ever experienced a atmosphere like that. Um, so I hope that, you know, this isn't louder than that. I mean, pretty benign. Pretty innocuous, right? Not for Philly fan. Why do you want to try, Philly fan? Why do you want to test, Philly fan? Why do you want to say anything like, yeah, I don't know if anything can top that? Why do you want to do that? And why are you invoking the name of one Trey Turner? Kelly basically was shouting out Trey right there, too. Dude said the loudest he has ever heard or been a part of an atmosphere was when Trey hit that granny in the Venezuela WBC game. And what do you know? Johnny on the spot, Trey on the spot, who came up in the first inning last night and was all, hey, you think that was loud, brah? You think Venezuela was loud, brah? You think the WBC got loud, brah? Well, how loud does this sound? Turner hits a drive, deep left center field, and the Phillies strike first again. Trey Turner, a solo shot. I mean, you got to love this team. You got to love these fans because you know the fans were giving it to Merrill before he even took the mound for that first inning. Check out Philly fan giving this dude absolute hell in the bullpen during his warm up before that game even started. soon the game hadn't even started yet it'll be over soon Merrill Merrill Philly fan is so awesome Merrill I mean this team and these fans and this city are so locked in right now they're so on fire right now it's hard to imagine that this series isn't already over and the only reason that I'm not going to declare it dead and buried is because of my dude, Tori Lavello. I never question or doubt my dude, Tori, ever. But there is no doubting how miserable my dude looked in the dugout last night. And then he sounded every bit as miserable as he looked after the game as well. He really did not want to get into or participate in all this talk about the so-called atmosphere we could be playing on the moon um everybody's talking about coming into this environment um and i don't care like we got to play better baseball everybody's got to be better you start with the manager and then trickle all the way down through the entire entire team um we got we got to play diamondback baseball what we watched out there was was not anything that we have done for a long period of time so um we got to regroup we got to regroup the troops. we got to find a way to get it done. My man. Love Tory. Even if this is even bigger than Tory. I like that thing about, hey, man, we could play this game on the moon. Hey, can you imagine if they did? Can you imagine, as bad as this is right now, how much worse it would be if they did actually play that series on the moon? Think about how far all those Philly bombs would go if they played that game on the moon. Imagine them march, marching it off 90 feet to that bag, 90 feet to that bag, 90 feet to that bag, 60 feet, 6 inches to the bump. Let's go ahead and play this thing on the moon. Those blasts would never land. They would hit home runs 
all the way back to Earth. They would send those bombs right into the sun. Tori's right, though. This is bigger than the environment. The environment did not hit 16 home runs in the last five games. The environment did not stand around looking at each other as a pop-up dropped in the infield in the seventh inning last night. And by the way, the hell was that? Of course, Tory was pissed. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? I mean, I haven't seen anything like that since... Since ice cream ball. You know, you take a little pinch of ice cream and you put it in a bucket of poop. What do you get? Anyway, Tori. My dude, Tori. I love Tori. But Tori's gone from the world's most exuberant, ecstatic, exultant. Notice the alliteration, clones. Lots of E's. Exuberant, ecstatic, exultant man on the planet enthusiastic to the world's most miserable man and it happened in less than a week I think my dude might need to use the off day today to disappear for another 24 hours like he said he was going to do after the prior win remember remember when Tori said man I'm going on a bender I'm going on a bender except that was a celebratory kind of bender this is a very different kind of bender. And my guy, if you need a win, I'm here for it. I'm going to go on a bender. I'm telling you. I might be disappeared for 24 hours. I know that. That's for sure. Dude, I don't blame you. And I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to disappear for 24 hours right now. Just as I don't blame him for being pissed off over that ass kicking. In fact, that's the only reasonable response to an ass kicking like that. Tori, I mean this, dude. You've always been there for me, going way back. When you were a player, when you became a manager, you've always been there for me, for the show. I got your back, dude. I got your back, Skip. You name the time, you name the place, I will hop the next thing smoking out of SoCal. I'll be there for you. Let's get blasted. Let's go on a bender. Never mind a slump buster. We need a slump bender. I'm here for it. As for you, Philly fan, man, what's it like? What's it like? Because I know you're on a bender of your own. A bender that's been going on for weeks. And it gets better and better and better. The only Philly fan. I I can do three hours on Philly fan in that game last night. Man, I'm so into Philadelphia. And this is coming from somebody who's a Southern California native. The only Philly fan who didn't have the best time ever last night was that asshat. Who ran onto the field and got his ass laid out by security. That was the hardest hit in that park, and it didn't even come off a Philly bat. It was a Philly form tackle in the open field by Philly security guard. I haven't seen a fan get lit like that since Mike Curtis got nice back in the day. Never mind. I love that, too. I'll never get over that. That's, that's an old-school reference. Look it up. Mike Curtis just flattening some drunk. Anyway, last night, never mind decleted. This dumbass damn near got decapitated. Hey, dumbass, head on a swivel. Hey, idiot, it's not about you. Hey, dork, dork. nobody showed up to watch you get your ass beat in center field, you dweeb. You dweeb. Philly fan's been incredible, except for that Philly fan. And Philly team 
has been incredible. So incredible, they're actually wrecking the postseason. Let me tell you about that. I'm not done yet. Let me say about that security guard. The security guard that laid that dude out. If that security guard were actually a Philadelphia Eagle, he would have been fined. He would have been thrown out. The rules committee would have had an emergency meeting to immediately outlaw that kind of hit. They would have sent videos to every single franchise warning them that that illegal hit will not be tolerated. One more football analogy for you. The Phillies are essentially tush-pushing the entire postseason. Maybe things will change when this thing goes back to Arizona, but I'm having a hard time seeing it. I, I hate to say it. I've been hyping up the Rangers. I'm having a hard time seeing the Rangers even dealing with Philly. That's how good Philly looks right now. Hey, Mayor, maybe you and I can come together on October 14th, 2024. You know, have one of those combo B-Day parties. In fact, I'll make it a real party. I'll invite other members of the 1014 crew. Rit. Game on. Thomas Dolby. Stephen A. We can pay homage to the other great 1014ers who came before us, like John Wooden, Dwight Eisenhower. I looked it up also. There's a bunch of other TikTokers and influencers on Instagram that I've never heard of that are also 1014ers. I'm not going to lie. All right, here, true story. True story. I never, ever Google myself. Ever. Ever. For any, for any reason. But what I did do this morning thinking about this was Google famous October 14th birthdays. And this one site came up, and there were a bunch of people on it. And I'd forgotten that Usher is a member of the crew. I'd forgotten, I guess, that Jared Goff was a member of the crew. And then there were a bunch of these TikTokers and social media influencers that I'd never heard of. Because that's the 2023 celebrity, right? You know who was not on that list? This guy. This guy. Bunch of 14-year-olds with 14 million followers on TikTok, but not this guy. Anyway, I'm an OG 1014er. Hey, Meryl! My guy, you're part of the club? I would say that I expected better from a fellow 1014er. Then again, in your defense, brah, given who you were going up against last night and what you had said prior to that game, you could have been Randy Johnson, B.Y. Kim, Kurt Schilling. Schilling was a good pitcher and a really bad dude, by the way. You could have been all of them rolled into one. Actually, it's not fair to say that he, he was a really bad dude. He is a really bad dude. My guy, you could have been the unit... Kim and Schilling. All rolled into one. And you still would have gotten rocked by Philly player and Philly fan. I admit it. I am fascinated by all things Philly. Hey, Dolby, what up? Happy birthday, bro. Happy belated birthday, bro. Your present is in the mail. Hey there. Let me talk to you for a minute about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is where you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week so there is always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. And with so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every single bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness that you can taste. Given my schedule, I absolutely love HelloFresh. I love how fresh it is. I love the options it gives me. And I know that I'm eating well and it tastes incredible. 
go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome and use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use that code 50Rome and get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is awesome. In fact, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I know it's only Wednesday, but we're talking Air Force. And I want to talk about what's the biggest game of the weekend to me. In fact, not even to me. It just is. The biggest game of the weekend is Ohio State and Penn State. Two top 10 teams. Enormous game. And especially, I mean, for both. But especially for Penn State. You know this, Penn State fan. In fact, I'm going to argue this is as big a game as you've played in recent years. And it might be James Franklin's biggest game ever at at this point, at least there. Well, I mean, especially there, right? James Franklin, as I mentioned earlier, I think is a damn good coach. I think he's done an amazing job in returning that program to prominence. They're very, very good. They're very good. But they're still not where they need to be or where he says he wants them to be. They're not elite, elite. They're very good. And I'm not sure very good is good enough there. He knows this. Penn State fan, I know you believe that. This has to be his breakthrough game, right? Fact of the matter is, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? I say that because this might be, and he's had some talent there now. He's had some amazing players there. But this might be, top to bottom, the most talented team he's ever had. And yes, well, the Ohio State is 6-0, so is Penn State. And the Ohio State does not have the kind of threat under center that they've had in seasons past. Say what you want about Justin Fields. He ain't walking through that door. C.J. Stroud ain't walking through that door. They've got skill. They've got talent. They always will. But the guy throwing darts to Marvin Jr. is not any of them. It's Kyle McCord. And no offense to Kyle McCord. He's gotten better every week. He has. But he's still not Fields. He's still not Stroud. He's a dude who is extremely reliant upon his great weapons around him. And I don't blame him for that. However, he's not the guys that I mentioned before. And while Franklin has done a hell of a job in turning that program around. I mean, let's look at what he inherited and what he's done and how he's brought them back. Credit for that. But he's had 10 years. He's 10 years in at Happy Valley. He just hasn't taken that last step. They're really good. He's done a really good job. He's a really good coach. Really good recruiter. Really good dude. But they're not elite. Not like Michigan. Not like Ohio State. Not like the two top-tier programs in that conference. Not yet. Not yet. To which, again, I would say, well, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? Because very good is not good enough. And the numbers, well, they don't lie, and they're pretty hideous. He's 1-8 and eight against the Buckeyes. 1-8. and 3-6 and six against Michigan. Again, the two elite teams in the Big Ten. That obviously cannot continue. I'm not saying that if he loses again, he's in any jeopardy of losing his job. Far from it. But he's never beaten them both in the same season. And for him to get his Nittany Lions to the college football playoff, which is the goal, barring some really weird-ass upsets, that's what it's going to take for them to get there. I mean, even the worst smack-off contestant ever, Jim Harbaugh, found a way to do it at Michigan in less time. And that dude had one foot out the door and one foot in the gutter. He was done. And he found a way to get the hell off the mat and get it done. And as much as it pains me to give that guy credit, I have to give that guy credit. See, I'm good like that. Harbaugh and I might not be good, but he's done a hell of a job in getting that bleep show turned around. Right when it looked like he was about to get bleep canned. He did. I got to give him credit. Because I'm objective, man. Whatever deal he and I have, whatever beef he and I have, he's done a hell of a job. 
in bouncing back. And now he's pounding the Buckeyes, and it's Ryan Day who has to have the win over Michigan. Just like Franklin has to have the win over Ryan Day, right? Again, if not now, then when? Penn State has 14 starters back from the program's first Rose Bowl win since the Kajana Carter era. They've looked great this season. They're fifth nationally in points per game. They're second nationally in giving up only eight points per game. They're a top 10 program. And to quote a former Nittany Lion, this weekend is not the sissy challenge. It's go time. Man, it is time for the big boys. It is time for the big boys. My guy, JF, go get yourself a dub. Make your 2023 season. Be remembered for your big wins on the field. Don't be remembered for beating everybody you're supposed to beat, but not losing to the big dogs. Be remembered for your big wins on the field and not off it. Because as of today, your best work to date this year is this. Last question from Zoom, Corey Geiger. Hey, good afternoon, James. Hey, Corey. A follow-up to what uh, you were just asked there about Drew. Is there a balance, though, between, hey, we need you to throw the ball deep no matter Just take a shot. Don't, don't overthink it. Take a shot. We need to see it. We're going to call it. And, and we need you to get some confidence in doing this as opposed to even giving a young quarterback the chance to say, hey, just check it down if, if, if it's not there. I, I don't really understand what you're saying because we would never like I'm like my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what like like that is like I, I don't even know what you're I don't know what you're saying it's like you're speaking like from just Mars. Send a guy in a post pattern take the shot throw it no matter receiver, what give your receiver a chance to make a play on a ball uh, even if he might be covered 30 yards down the field Maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you, we, like, like I still don't like you're speaking Japanese. Like, like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up and maybe he'll be open and maybe he'll catch. Like my skin is like, like, my, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. yeah, we, we, we would not do that. We would never do that. We've never thought about doing that as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a receivers coach. I coached the receivers. I didn't want them to do that. Um, so no, no, strong no. Like yeah, no. I'm hoping we can cut this out so this doesn't even, like, get out into the universe. You're hoping you could cut that exchange out? You're hoping you could cut that out so that doesn't get out into the universe? You mean some of the best stuff ever? You don't want that out there? What an amazing exchange that was. I mean, maybe I'll take you back. That, that exchange was so incredible that that might be better than your guys beating Ohio State and Michigan by 70 points combined. Hey, Geiger credit, dude. I might be the only one giving you credit because X wanted to kill you, the X, the X mob. But Geiger, credit, dude. Way to stay in that fight. Way to try to make your point. And for all you losers coming at Geiger for that, man, get a life. You know what he was trying to say. He just couldn't quite get the plane down. Happens to us all, my man. Yeah. Was that a question? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not a good question, huh, Rex? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not putting it down. Um, yes, I definitely agree with what you've just said. Shut my up, Rex. My skin is curling. Rex, when you say the only thing missing back. from that was Rex telling me, was that a question? My skin is crawling. My skin is curling. My skin is crawling. Your name's Jack, right? No, Rex. My name is Jim, actually. You're making my skin crawl with that, Rome. My skin Rome. is curling when you say just drop back. The, the, and the thing about that is that that exchange is so amazing. And James Franklin got all this credit for eviscerating poor Geiger. 
I got to tell you something. Geiger ain't wrong. He's not wrong. And he tried to stand in, credit for that. And maybe he didn't, I want to say maybe he didn't ask the question appropriately, but it wasn't even that far off. It was, there was nothing that wrong. It's like Franklin eviscerated this guy. So then everybody rushed in to just stomp on the already dead corpse. But when you look at it, he's not wrong. They don't throw the ball downfield. They haven't. The stats bear this out. Penn State ranks 129th, 129th in the FBS in plays from scrimmage longer than 20 yards. Geiger's not wrong. Corey Geiger. Say his name, man. Put some respect on that name, whoever you are, Corey Geiger. Put some respect on that name. Hopefully after the game, Geigs gets the first question to Franklin. Man, I'm so glad that part of the presser was not, quote, cut out. I'm hoping we can cut this out so this doesn't even, like, get out into the universe. You know what that'd be like? I mean, another funny line from the coach. Like, I'm hoping we can just cut this out. Like, after he said it made his skin crawl twice. I'm hoping they cut this out because, man, we don't want this out in the universe. I'm hoping yeah, by the way, we do, Coach, because you know what that would be like? They don't cut out the best scenes of the best movies, right? You don't lose the best part of a movie. Like if I'm the Wayne brothers, I'm not taking white chicks and editing out the run DMC dance-off scene. I'm, I'm laughing even thinking about that scene. Well, you're going to take that scene out of that movie. I'm hoping we can cut this out. Hell no. That was the best scene in that movie. Corey Geiger just shot to the top of my all-time rankings of Geigers. Corey Geiger. Checking in at number three, Geiger counter. Corey Geiger. It used to be, and there's only three of the Geigers, but the Geiger counter, number one, far and away, used to be former NBA center and enforcer Matt Geiger. Actually, to be fair, it used to be a one-person list, just Matt Geiger. I have to update my list. Coming in second, Matt Geiger. Coming in first, Corey Geiger, superstar journo. Corey Geiger. What an amazing exchange. Anyway, that aside, Penn State has to beat Ohio State. Ohio State has to beat Michigan. And I'm just not sure either one of those things are going to happen this year. But they both need to. At least as it relates to their respective coaches. Who you got? Last I checked, the line was Ohio State minus four. My skin is curling. His skin is curling over a question that was actually very fair. Why why don't you just take a shot downfield? Essentially, that's what he was saying. Why not take a shot downfield, coach? Or shots. And be like saying, let's take this scene out of this movie. The best movie. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. Actually, it's not quite that simple. Not when you remember that Gio's parents, who were the Burhalter's former best friends, went above and beyond to try to ruin his life, his marriage, his career, 
and embarrass the entire U.S. soccer program in the process. Remember that little situation? Thankfully, Greg did not let that happen. Any of it rose above it. Even though so many of you alleged U.S. soccer fans were rooting for all of that to happen because for some reason, so many of you alleged U.S. soccer fans think that supporting a team means the opposite of what it really means. I'm not saying support a failed proposition. This guy's doing a good job. I mean, you know what? That's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you how to feel, what to think, what to do. I can't control that. That's your prerogative as a fan. If you want to get your mind and your logic all twisted up and convince yourself that rooting against the team, rooting against this coach, hoping that they fail is supporting the program, you do you. That's your right. Because some of you think that. Oh, I'm a real fan. You want me to prove it? I hope they fail. I hope that guy fails, falls on his face. The rain is trying to come up with more dirt, embarrass the program full, even further, and we get blown out. That'd be good. That'd be good for the program because then we could get rid of our guy. Yeah, or you could beat Ghana 4 0. Ghana. Get Geo back in, the, in, in form. Have him score a couple of big goals. Look, you do you and you root for whatever you want and you spew your lava and you bring it to the X. I'm just going to be over here and be reasonable and sane and relieved that the coach and the star player are back in fold. They're back on the same page. They're coexisting. Yet maybe they'll never love each other. But they're working together together. It's civil. It's working. They're getting it done. They're on the same page. And me, I'm going to pump up a young team with upside and a coach who doesn't deserve even a fraction of the bullcrap that's been hurled at him and is still managing to succeed despite all the bullcrap that's been hurled at him and his family and his family. And is even happy to be succeeding with Gio Reyna. Because that's what's best for U.S. soccer. That's what Greg Berhalter wants. This is why I'm still hyped about this team. This is why I'm still excited about the next World Cup being here. This is why I'm still excited that my dude Greg Berhalter is the coach. You guys should try not being miserable know-it-alls. It's actually great. It feels pretty good not to be miserable. I know you're not happy unless you're miserable, but try being happy and see how that feels. Try that on. Just try it for a few hours. See how it feels not to feel horrible. See how it feels not being awful. Just a suggestion. Just try it. Just try it. If you really do love this soccer team the way you say you do, try not rooting against it for a minute. Try to be happy with the win. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Be happy. We won. Next time they win, try it. And then maybe you won't sound like whining, crying little babies anymore. Whining little babies in this league that don't... Because that's what so many of you haters sound like. Y'all sound like this guy, man. Like, it's the World Cup, bro. It's, it's like Greg Berhalter. It's like Gio and Greg. Why won't he play Gio? Why is it always Berhalter? That's, that's how you sound? Why is it always Greg? Why can't we have another manager? Why didn't he play Gio at the World Cup? Why? Why, why, why did they let Greg come back? Why? Why didn't they get a new manager? Why is it always Greg? Why, why are you always talking soccer, Rome? Hey, why are you always hating on this guy? Why are you always hating on this guy? And why did the Reynas try to destroy his life, his career, his marriage, and his family? Because their kid didn't get the playing time they thought they deserved? 
How did you pretend to be best friends with this guy and his wife and the Burhalters for 20 years when you obviously weren't? Not if you could do this. Why? 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 Why did they bring him back as manager? I don't know. So far, so good. They're working it out. They're back on the same page. It's going to get better. It's the right call. 1-800-636-8686. I'm telling you, i got to find a way to defend the two people that you hate when I defend. Burhalter and Dave Roberts. And I'm going to continue to do so until they give me reason not to. How's that? I will continue to defend the two guys that you hate that I defend until either one or both of them give me a reason not to. That's why, 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 why didn't we just beat Ghana down 4-0? Why? Because Gio's back, Greg is back, they're on the same page. We have young talent, they're well coached, he's a good manager, that's why. That's why. Why are they bringing back Dave Roberts? Why is it always dark? Why, why? Why are they bringing back Dave Roberts? Because Dave Roberts is not the guy that didn't make it out of the first inning in the NLDS. Dave Roberts is not the guy that went to combine one for 21 in the NLDS. That's why. That's what. I know, right? I had the same thought, Albie, to be honest. I had the same thought. Romy Stillskin. James Frauden brings a lot of crap wherever he goes. Good thing we have toilets for all of his bullcrap. Signed, Scat Balmer, Kadiria Leonard, and Poop George. V in the fee. V. I'll tell you what, V. Why don't you wait for James Kelly to get his own talk show and then call him with that? War toilets. Man, I've never heard a dude so fired up on toilets. We can't, prom- we can't promise you championship basketball, but we can promise you toilets. Lots of them. Lots of them. The most toilets in the world. Lots of them. The best toilets. State-of-the-art toilets. Romy Stillskin. Already did that one. Chris no longer in St. Pete all of a sudden showing up. Quote, you're making my skin uncomfortable. Sign me seeing some former A-lister who blasted their face off. My skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep. He, he didn't say my skin was uncomfortable. He said it was curling. My skin is curling. I like James Franklin. I really do. You're speaking Anybody Japanese. picking up any of the irony in the head coach of Penn State talking about Something making his skin curl as it relates to throwing the ball downfield. When before he got there and expertly cleaned up that mess, there was the epitome of skin curling. One of the most horrific episodes in the history of college football. You want to talk about something that makes your skin crawl. I don't even want to go any further than that. I don't think I need to. You want to talk about something that makes your skin crawl. My skin. Yet the head coach of Penn State's talking about somebody on a Zoom call asking him, why don't you just throw the ball downfield? That made his skin crawl. Corey Geiger. Anybody pick up on the irony of that? That was skin crawl you for quite some time. And... In large part, Franklin cleaned it up. Credit for that. But I don't think anybody associated with that program ever wants to use that phrase. Skin crawl or skin curl. Hey, Van Smack. 
No, 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 no. Don't be agreeing with me on my Burhalter take. Come on now. I'm not having that. Van Smack, 100% correct on Greg Burhalter. Hey, haters, what do you want from this guy? He only gives it all to the point of dealing with embarrassing allegations that could have tore his family apart. We need more Burhalters in this country, not less. Glad you enjoyed Colorado. Hope you make it out again soon. War bringing back Alvin's mix. Bring it, Melvin. Signed, Tim in Denver. Burhalter is not the problem. Dave Roberts is not the problem. Both those, quote, managers deserve to be brought back, and I'm glad they were. I'm not saying that they both deserve lifetime contracts. Far from it. I'm saying they both are doing the job. They both deserve to be brought back, and I'm glad they were. Van Sizzle, please pass to Greg that if he would have just let our entitled, bratty, oversensitive son play the starring role in the World Cup, I would not have tried to destroy his marriage. Signed, Mommy Reina. Of course, I'm joined by my man, Rick Carlisle. Rick, it is awesome to have you back in the jungle. What's going on, Rick? How are you? I'm great, and it's great to be back in the jungle, Jim. Rick, it is great to have you here. In fact, before we jump into your team and hoops, how was your offseason? Did you get any time away from ball during the summer? Uh, it was very busy. Uh, culminated in August when we uh, we took our daughter, Abby, to her first year of college, dropped off at the University of Virginia in uh, in August for about four days. And, of course, that's my alma mater. And... Uh, that was um, an emotional few days, but it was uh, really great, and uh, she's having an amazing experience, and so all is good right now. Okay, I was going to ask you about that, Rick, because we did the same thing, but with our second son. Our first son, Jake, graduated from the University of Wisconsin this spring, and then his younger brother, Logan, we just dropped off at the University of Colorado in Boulder, so I know exactly what you're talking about. You answer my next question. How is she doing? Has she acclimated? Is she calling home? (laughs) She is calling home. Um, She's staying in touch. She's met – she has a – She's met, she's got a great roommate. Um, they connected through social media, which is, I guess, the way they do it now. She's right. kind of happened into an amazing friend group of six or eight other six or eight girls that uh, really gets along amazingly well. And uh, Jim, I mean, every day is better than the last. And I went to UVA, and I had the most amazing experience of my life there. Um, I'm not sure there's any amount of money I wouldn't give to be back there for another three years, but I don't remember it being as joyful as she is telling me every day. So we're just thrilled. Hey, Rick, it's so true, isn't it, right? Like, you're living the dream. You've had an amazing life. I'm living a dream. I've had an amazing life. But I went back for Parents Weekend last week, and, like, all of us are saying, man, what we do to give to trade places with those kids, what we would do. But I understand. Rick Carlisle joining us. I could keep doing that, but why don't we talk about your team? Last season, Rick, your team had a 10-win improvement over the previous year despite having one of the youngest rotations in the league. How much progress did you see last year? And then specifically, where are you looking to improve this year? Well, we saw progress. Um, We're young. Uh, We've been playing a lot of young guys the last two years. And we're, you know, guys are developing. Guys are getting better. Um... You know, overtly where we've improved the team, we've we've made some player moves. We signed Bruce Brown, who was, uh, you know, one of the top six or seven guys on the Denver Nuggets championship team. He's uh, an edgy competitor, um, shoots the ball, you know, shoots the ball well now to three, um, you know, can guard the, you know, the, some of the top perimeter players that you see every night. And, uh we just felt we needed some veteran help and a guy with uh, with an edgy sort of competitiveness. So uh, he's on board. And then we uh, we traded for Obi Toppin, who was with the Knicks. Of course, most people are aware of that. And um, you know, Obi is a an amazing guy, um, an amazing athlete. Shoots the ball a lot easier and a lot better than 
than I, I expected. And he's working extremely hard on two things that, you know, he needs to do at a high level for us. And that is defend and rebound. And, uh, you know, those are, those are guys that we added that have some veteran status, I guess. And then we, uh, we had another really good draft dra- drafting uh, Jarris Walker out of Houston and, uh, Ben Shepard out of, um, Belmont. And, uh, you know, it's it's an exciting young group. We've got we get the lowest paid roster in the league, which is a great position to be in um, as a franchise, and a lot of exciting young talent. So that usually means that you got some pretty big decisions coming up, uh, you know, very pretty quickly here. So um, we're looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out. It's real competitive, which is great, and. Um, our plan is to to keep improving the team, and we want to take a con- competitive step up and win more games this year. All right, so Ricky, I love the answer because you literally hit on four guys that I wanted to ask you about, and I might double back. When you talk about we've got some big decisions to make, you already made one big decision. Tyrese Halliburton is 23, arguably the face of the franchise. You maxed him out. Hey, listen, you've played with you've played against, you've coached some truly great players. I don't want to put any additional pressure on the young man, but how good is he already, and how much better can he still get? He's a great young player. Um, You know, to me, and I think to our organization, we don't really count that as a big decision because that was just a Mm. (laughs) no-brainer, getting him signed to a max deal. I mean, he's that kind of player. Um, He's not just terrific on the court. You know, he's embraced the community. He, he's, come, he's come to the Midwest, you know, from California, and he sees the opportunity here. He wants to be the face of the franchise. He wants to be responsible for winning and losing. And he's a guy on the court that makes guys better. You know, we played the first two preseason games. Uh, he did not play those games. That was preplanned. And, you know, our guys, um, you know, had – had some decent runs during those first couple of preseason games, but I had a lot of questions about, you know, how this guy or that guy was playing. And I, and I said, look, let's, let's let these guys play with Tyrese, you know, this past Monday against Atlanta, and then we'll kind of see where we are, you know, with the lineup. And of course, you know, with him playing, um, he makes everybody better and we look like a different team. So, He's extremely important, and then further evidence of that is, you know, we were predicted to be a 23-win team last year. We got to the 41-game mark halfway through the season, and we were 23-18, and and he got hurt the next game, missed 12 games. We went 1-9 and in the first 10 games after he went out, um, and so this guy is pretty important. Really important. Rick Carlisle joining us on the program. You know, Rick, you mentioned that. Like, the regular season, you're the last person I need to say this to, but you know how long the regular season is, and now the league is adding a new in-season tournament. Where do you come out on this? Do you like that idea or maybe not so much? Well, you know, I was on some committees. uh, I was on the competition committee for many years, and this topic came up back in those days, and, you know, it, it kind of got dismissed because no one could quite visualize how it could work with the schedule. But as, as the league has continued to study it, and if you follow the Premier League at all and with European uh, football slash soccer, you know that they have four trophies. So what, what we're doing is we're going to have a second trophy. The in-season tournament will be a second trophy. And, this this creates um, you know another thing of pretty significant interest um, that's going to culminate I think in December and you know during the course of a long season 80 82 games and I think there are two teams the two teams that make the finals of the in season tournament will play 83 games but they have mechanisms in place so everybody else still plays 82. And, you know, you still play your divisional teams and all that. And so um, as, they've, as they've laid it out, to me, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. And, you know, you have four in-season games um, that are on, I, I believe, Tuesdays and Thursdays or, or Tuesdays and Fridays. And then, you know, you complete those four games, you see where you are, and you see if you advance or not. And if you don't advance, 
a couple of uh, open dates get rescheduled, and they just got they've got it figured out. And I'm sure they'll find out some things this year, maybe learn a few things and and adjust going forward. Or you know, things sometimes you things you know unintended things you know crop up, but they've got it pretty pretty well planned out, and I really don't see a downside. Rick Carlisle joining us. I can appreciate that. So before you go, let me ask you about the other initiative. The league is introducing a new player participation policy limiting when stars can be rested. I'm curious, Rick, for those who aren't paying close attention to you and your staff, how have you and your staff approached load management in recent years, and what do you make of this particular initiative? Yeah, I I, I don't think this is going to be that big a deal. Um, you know, in previous years, you know, there have been stipulations having to do with national TV games, et cetera. Um, you know, they, the league would prefer if you're going to rest players, you rest them at home rather than on the road. Um, I understand it. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a star-driven league. You know, people come out for games. I remember playing with Larry Bird back in Boston. We played eight exhibition games. He played in all eight games. You know, he just felt – he just felt an, an obligation to go out there and and perform. And, and 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 when you're playing preseason games, you know, a lot of times back in those days, you play four or five of them in some of these one-off cities, you know, that aren't aren't normal NBA cities. And so guys like Bird and Jordan and Magic, you know, and and some of the some of the stars from that era, you know, these guys felt um, a real responsibility and a real obligation. And um, and I think a lot of the stars in our league now feel the same way, and so um, I don't. I don't see this as that big a deal. I think it'll all get worked out. You know, I think generally players want to play. You know, um, and the league is just trying to protect the competitive integrity of it. And you know, we want our fans to see the best players and to see the best teams. So. I'm not concerned about it. I, th- I think it'll all work out fine. That's it. The fans want to see the stars. The fans want to see the stars. If they're paying top dollar, they really want to see the stars. And, I mean, that's a given. Listen, Rick, you and I, leave me with this thought. You and I have done this for so many years. And, by the way, I appreciate you. I appreciate the friendship. We've done this long enough that I feel comfortable doing this. I just celebrated another birthday, and I'm constantly looking for ways to generate energy and to innovate and make sure that I'm relevant and this game doesn't pass me by my game. You're turning 64 next Friday. I mention that only because you don't look like it, you don't act like it, you don't sound like it. I want to ask you this. How invigorating is it for you to still be so deeply invested in a sport you clearly love and to work closely with young, world-class players? Jim, it's the best. And the other thing that's, that's really invigorating for me is a great staff. And I've been fortunate to have great staffs for – Many, many, many years. This year, I'm working with uh, Lloyd Pierce, former coach of the Hawks. Uh, Jenny Busick, who's a who's been with me for a few years. She's this year going to be the uh, the only female coach on the front of the bench. Uh, Mike Weiner, who was with me in Dallas for many years, and uh, Jim Boylan, who's a former coach of the Bulls, is joining us as an assistant coach. He was uh, he was a consultant with us last year, and he's going to be behind the bench and. These coaches, all they all love to, to coach the game. They all love to teach. Um, and we work hard at our relationships with each other. And when we come in every day, it's a, it's a think tank every single day. And, you know, I include uh, some of my analytics guys and some of my video guys on some of the meetings. And what I find is, you know, the more you listen uh, to your staff and the more you take ideas from a lot of different people, when you get to this point, um, the things in life that are, that are most meaningful are, are things where um, you can give to somebody else or you can make somebody else feel good about an idea that they have or you can take, take an idea and, and utilize it and give them credit. I mean, those are the kinds of things that, that, that help you get up in the morning and, and, and charge you up for every single day. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep – bringing people on board that, that, that challenge me every day, but that are great people that love and respect the game. And uh, as long as I do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep going. 
That's the truth, isn't it? I've always said that. Don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Come around. You want to be around people who make you better. You know, be secure enough to bring people around that are smarter and better, that make you better and make it better. You and I are on the exact same page. And this is why he is starting his 22nd season overall as an NBA head coach. Rick, let me reiterate, I appreciate our relationship very much. I appreciate that you're always accessible for the program. Great to have you on the show. And that was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Rick. All right, Jim, be well. Take care. Good night now!